Welcome back to your only pod when you're winning podcast. It's been a long, long, long hiatus. We don't have COVID-19 as our excuse. I think just being old and lazy. Welcome back to your only pod when you're winning. Welcome back to our uh, hiatus podcast, We're Only Pod Women Winning. We're here with Sean Caden. Good day, Matt. How are we going? Oh, very good. And we've got Johnny M. Afternoon, sir. Oh, it's fantastic to have you guys back. We don't even have COVID-19 uh, as an excuse. We would have been about COVID-1 or 2 by then, I reckon. Yeah, well, that, that, that seven-year jail sentence I did, it, it, went, it went in the blink of an eye, so we, we're back on board. Of the sort. It, sounded better, um, it sounded better in the uh, in the jail podcast we did. There was a rather strange pounding noise, but we'll leave that one go. <laughs> well, we'll keep that one for the theology podcast. Oh, completely done. Um, now, we're going to start off as a classy podcast, as we always do. And uh, I did ask you guys earlier in the week to think of some of your favourite fat footballers. Um, a sport that usually has very skinny players. So uh, anyone want to start off with your favourite fat footballers? Yeah, I think the, uh, I think the uh, king of the fat footballers has got to be Mick Quinn. Yeah, uh, Quinn. Uh, got to be Mickey Quinn. Uh, <laughs> Sumo. I mean, I mean the, the, the Newcastle fans famously had a chant going where, he's, you know, they said he's fat, he's round. He scores at every ground. It's Mickey yeah. Quinn. And, uh, you know, the, the thing we need to rem- remember about Mickey Quinn, though, was he's a, he, was a, he was a very, very, very good footballer. Um, 235 league goals in his career, um, you know, sp- spanning about 15 years. And um, he, he was a top, top striker. And, uh, um, <clears throat> you know, he, he, he just played his... He was an old-fashioned pro, played his trade. Yeah, he was carrying a few pounds, but... You know what? Give him a chance in front of goal, and uh, it was a good night. God bless. No, I thought it would have been uh, nice and easy to put in the uh, Ronaldo's and the Maradonas, but I think that was just low lying fruit. Uh, <laughs> so I actually went for Thomas Brolin at the end of his career because I loved him as a footballer, but at the end, he looked like he was about seven months in, I reckon. Well, I had Thomas Brolin as well for obvious reasons. We've been at Leeds, uh, Leeds, I played at Leeds for a while, but what a lot of the guys don't, don't get is that he broke his foot when he was 24, really bad break of his foot yeah. that never, never really properly healed or he never, he never came back from it. And uh, obviously he scored the goal against England at Euro 92. And, uh, you know, he, he won four major trophies at Parma. Um, and, and you, you know, he was a top, top player. The, 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 the thing was, the, the, the funny story about when he came to Leeds was uh, Bill Fotherby was the managing director at the time. And, uh, it was a bit like it was a bit like the Leeds United version of Jack and the Beanstalk. He uh, was sent to Parma to buy uh, Fastino Esprilia, <laughs> and uh, so he was he was sent with a bag of money to buy Esprilia, and uh, Parma didn't want to you know didn't want to do the deal at that time for Esprilia. But ah, oh, we've got we've got this lad brawling for you whose foot was knackered, and uh, basically, long story short, as we all know. Fotherby came back with uh, Brolin, and uh, it was a, the equivalent of the magic beans. But sadly, no, uh, sadly, no beanstalk grew. You know. Are you sure they didn't but, send Thomas Brolin for a few palmers? Oh, it looks as if he's had a few, didn't he? But to to, to be fair, um, his first full game for Leeds was in the League Cup against uh, Blackburn Rovers, and me and my dad went, and he was magnificent that night. He just showed what he could do. But uh, I think what it was. I think Thomas Brolin, I think he epitomised the guy where 
he got the really bad injury, never came back from it. But, you know, when you've got seven figures in the bank, it can dull your enthusiasm just a bit, slightly, if you know what I mean. Just slightly. Yeah, yeah. What about yourself there, John? Well, I mean, I was going to go at War Mickey. But, um, I mean, it wasn't it always that, like, the chant was, was also who stole all the pies, wasn't it, when he scored? <laughs> um, but, my, um, look, I've got to go with Maradona, man. I just <laughs> – did you see – I was watching that um, that series, uh, Maradona in Mexico. How good is coaching, that? How good is he's that? He's coaching Dorado's that. And he, the, first, the first couple of episodes where he turns up, he, he looks like somebody's put a bike pump in and just blowing him up. <laughs> And and he's got the high pants on, and he's got the, the little boots on, but he still looks brilliant with the ball at his feet, Unbelievable. and his and his face is all big and round, you know. And and it kind of reminded me of remember when he was really sick, and everyone was really concerned about his health, and and he was going to health camps, he was going to see Fidel Castro, and you know was that, the, sick, was that the sickness that uh, originated in Colombia? <laughs> yeah, they got the marching band uh, powder, but the um the, the fantastic thing <laughs> was that. The best way to cure all those illnesses was to smoke a massive big stogie with Fidel and get a few girls around. Oh, I think that would cure think. it for anyone. I think that's actually the new cure for COVID, isn't it? I would have put on weight there if I had to. <laughs> but I, I, I give it a crack. I'm all, for, I'm all for alternative medicine. I love Maradona, man. He's just, oh, he's just such a classic. But yeah, uh, definitely. And then the other one, I, you know, I stick in Newcastle. I mean, I'm always a homer. Definitely Gaza. Oh, yeah. If, and you know when when he became his mate Five Bellies, you know, <laughs> well, it looked like he'd eaten him after a while. Five Bellies, because remember, Sean, you remember Five Bellies was a big unit. Oh, he was uh, he was huge. He was huge. He uh, <laughs> <laughs> he uh, his, his his belt his belt got sports personality of the year one year. Uh, <laughs> for services for services <laughs> in his pants. He but, uh, he just yeah. didn't quite have the same skill level as Gaza. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, uh, the, the, the other fella that I had was uh, uh, Adebayo Afinfanwa. Oh yes. Um, and uh, you know, about an eighteen-year career, technically still on the books. Technically still on the books. Um, and um, he, he's so he's not officially retired yet. But you know, he, he looks like he looked a bit like Buster Douglas all his career. He was about seventeen, eighteen stone. And and I tell you what, though, very underrated footballer. And um, I was having a look at his stats earlier. And uh, six hundred and twenty-eight league games. He played. He played for Swansea. He played in League One. He played top of League One and all that. Six hundred and twenty-eight league games. Two hundred league goals, which is not, not to be sniffed at. at and uh, overall, seven hundred and seventeen up to now. Two hundred and twenty-six goals. So, but you know, if if any of the listeners, if a few two lads, you've obviously you would have seen him play. And uh, he, he was an old school, big unit, put himself about yep. and could and could score goals, you know. He, and uh, it, as Jack Charlton used to say, effective. Well, is there any uh, dishonourable mentions? I, I think Neville Southall, just for having that walrus moustache his whole career. I think he was born with it. Um, and maybe Bob Malcolm from uh, Brisbane Raw. I, did, he, did he actually get on the pitch or could they get him off the pitch? Is that is that Bob who uh, turned like the Queen Mary? That's the Bob. I think uh, I think uh, the Queen Mary turned far quicker than Bob Malcolm. Fine fellow, though I'm told, a very fine man. Very I do think it's an interesting uh, segue into um, some other issues, like you know, because we talk about you know, oh, where are the characters in sport? Every sport now, um, big fellas uh, have sort of been run out of all sports, and you know, I mean, look at um, 
some great Brazilian players like um, Adriano and, yep. and 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 guys like that, and um, even Ronaldo when he got super fat. I tell you what, he would have been better than nearly, nearly every player at New, Newcastle at the moment. I'd take him What's on top of a hat. I'll tell you what, fellas. I'll t- tell you the, the guy who, um, you know, just moving on from what you're just saying there, John, the, the guy who epitomises the that you don't have to be a supreme athlete to be one of the best players in the world it was, was John Robertson. Yeah. Um, you know, John, John Robertson, without doubt, for two or three years, was one of the most influential and best players in Europe. And, um, and obviously, you know, there's a famous line from Cluffy where they th- when they were playing FC, I think it was FC Cologne in the uh, semi-final of the European Cup. And they said, uh, you know, how, how's, how are you going to cope with uh, Manny Kaltz, who was the, he was, he was regarded as the best fullback in the world at the time. And uh, Cluffy famously says, well, you know, we've got a little fat guy who's going <laughs> to turn him inside out. And you know what he did? He did turn him inside out. And, and, and just, to, just to finish the point, the scary thing is, is that if John Robertson's coming through any time from about yeah. 97 onwards, he doesn't make Wouldn't get a game. He's, yeah. he's cut. He's cut. He doesn't make it. And, and to me, that's been one of the very big downsides to football because, you know, John Robertson, widely regarded as, you know, a great, great player. Did he score and in both European Cup finals? Son? He scored in 1980 against uh, Hamburg. Uh, that was the that was Kevin Keegan's Hamburg, and he set and he and he did the cross that uh, where uh, Trevor Francis yeah. uh, headed in, in against Malmo. But you know that it's I think you know just to sort of sort of um, bookend this segment, I think that I think that's the great example of a guy who wouldn't have made it these days, or he wouldn't have made it certainly in the early early noughties. But one of the world's greatest players, you know, on his day. Well, I mean, you, you only have to think of guys like uh, Matt Letizia wouldn't have got a game these days. And scored some of the greatest goals I've ever seen. And he would not have yeah. got a game. Well, he would have got a game, but he wouldn't have got through the ranks, would he? Based on uh, He'd have been on the periphery. He'd have been on the periphery. But you couldn't be fat and not skillful. <laughs> no, that's correct. Right. You could be fat and skillful, but you can't be fat and not skillful. Well... That was, that, was my down, that was my downfall, John, to be honest, <laughs> That's on, awesome. on the yeah. football pitch. Maybe we need to read that. Oh, yeah, thanks a lot, guys. To, thanks a lot. To, 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 quote the, uh, to quote the old Tommy Dock line, you know, uh, there's only one thing stopping this lad from getting to the very top. It's... Guys, we've already had, um, going into another area here, we've already had the K-League and um, we've had the Bundesliga ret- uh, return over the last few weeks. The league has returned in the past seven days. Um, what have, you, have you been able to have a look at any of those leagues and, and what have you thought upo- uh, upon the resumption? My I only mean... comment about the K-League was that I loved the... They really pioneered the fans in the stand oh, yeah. who yeah. couldn't... The virtual fans. So um, all of those... Um, Polyester girls that yeah, were the there. Yeah, the blow-up sex dolls. Let's just call it what it was. Yeah, yeah it was, uh, that was So I stopped watching at that point um, in case my wife came in and said, what are you looking at? Um, <laughs> but I was excited. I tell you what, it's it's always exciting. I think we might have talked about this seven years ago. There's nothing like, you know, hanging in there till the end of the Bundesliga season to see who wins the title. Yeah, it's always, uh, it's, it's always <laughs> on nice edge. <laughs> and, incidentally, guys, incidentally, guys, talking about the crowdies, um, in two days, Leeds did about seventeen thousand crowdies, so that's uh, that's just a little stat for you. Yeah, good um, Germany, G- G- Germany. I've, I've, 
I take an interest in Dusseldorf, right? Dusseldorf have dropped about at least 12 points this year from, from conceding late goals. And to, to me, that always comes down to fitness. Yep. If you're conceding a, 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 a lot of late goals, then you've got to look at your fitness. But uh, I, I, think, I think what it is, mate, I think the thing with Germany is, I think it's a really exciting time for football in Germany. Um, there's going to be a lot of transfers coming, but who knows after COVID, who knows if the big clubs in Britain in England are going to have the money to pay. But, you know, you've got Hervitz at Le- Leverkusen, banging them in, 21-year-old. Yep. Uh, Erland Haaland, 19-year-old. Um, Werner at Leipzig, 24. Sancho at Dortmund, 20. Um, and, and, and Silva, who was on loan from Milan, I think, 24. You've got a lot, a lot of young players really come into light and it's fantastic. And I think sometimes the Premier League needs to take a leaf from that. But then you've got the big daddy. You've got the big daddy of them all, Lewandowski. Oh, oh I think, I don't know what, I'll be he, interested. He hates scoring. He really I'll be interested scoring. to see what you blokes think. But uh, I think he's massively underrated in terms of uh, one of the, because I, I, I had a quick look at his stats, right? 436 league games, 301 goals. Yep. Overall, 613, 418 goals. And he's 61 goals from 112 caps for Poland. Now, that is all-time great territory for me. Oh, definitely underrated. And I just can't believe it, whether it's a lack of interest or, or he's just put out there that he, that he doesn't want to move um, because this guy could have played absolutely anywhere. So maybe he's comfortable, enjoys where he's playing. But I, think, I, I, think, I, think, I think Munich are looking after him too well. I, I think they're looking after him very well, to be honest. I do, I do get that, that thing that people say, oh, why would you want to leave Bayern? It's like, well, I wouldn't leave. What a place! You're not going to win anything, are you? You're never going to have a. You're never going to get. Yeah, but you're also a No, uh, exactly. It's not like it's. It's, it's not like it's the most boring town in the world to live in. No, it's, exactly it's, right. It's not a bad crap. And, and I was thinking, you know, just coming back to as a link from when we probably did our last our last uh, podcast. You remember the old uh, Hank, your pine kills? Yeah. Uh, you know, like twelve thirteen, he wins the he wins the treble, Champions League. Uh, 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 Bundesliga title and uh, German Cup, and uh, he gets pensioned off. <laughs> <laughs> they should have kept him. <laughs> no, well, I know they brought Pep in and everything, but to be fair, I could have managed that side. You know what I mean? Well, time. here's a question for both of you, right? That when Heinkers won that Champions League with Bayern, and Germany was winning the World Cup, were, I'm going to rank that Bayern side. Uh, in the in the best football teams that I've ever seen, because taken down the great teams from um, Spain, I, I, everyone I, said you couldn't yeah, do it, yeah. um, and they more. tore them a new one. Couldn't agree more. And uh, I think when you've got when you've got a guy when you've got uh, Robin on one side, and you've got Rubri on the other, yeah. then any and Andy Muller, he's uh, absolute pomp. Uh, not Andy Muller. Who's the the uh, to, uh, Thomas, Muller, Thomas. Thomas Muller Thomas. Uh, and, uh, and his pomp. Um, you know, when you've got those two wide guys. Who was the keeper for them then as well, guys? A uh, big blonde guy. Um, N- Neuer. So, I mean, was it Neuer, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, no. uh, yeah, so, yeah, pretty pretty hard to get past him as the well. Big so the big blonde guy, yeah. I know that's a so, bit of a stereotype. But, hey, the thing wide. about that is, oh, sorry, Sean, um, is if you think about it, right, so... Bayern 
too cute by half. They go and pension out Drew Pinkers, bring in Pep, the guy who Pinkers had overseen the destruction of the dynasty that he had gone. Yeah. And you never get back there. You think about all the times when you're sitting there watching semi-finals, Champions League, you're thinking, oh, Munich is just bossing everyone. They find ways to get beat, not 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 win the title. You know what I mean? And it's <laughs> like, I can't help but think if they had not done that, that they would have run through Europe the exact same way they just keep running through Germany. I think what it is, I think what it is, John, as I said before, I think in any great side, when you've got two or three outlet balls like Bayern had, you know, you've got, as I say, you've got, you've got Rubri, you've got, you've got uh, Robin, uh, you've, you've, got, you've got guys like that who are genuinely world-class. Uh, you, you know, you've got half a chance, haven't you? You know, it, it, that was a great side. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Great side, great side. We'll move on to uh, we'll move on to the English uh, game, and, and obviously the EPL and Championship is going to be back up and running. Uh, league one and two cancelled though, and a few clubs in a lot of trouble there. Any thoughts there? I think the main thing there, uh, gentlemen, is the fact that uh, what what stands head and shoulders above any, anything else is, uh, especially in the UK, I think there's a very very serious chance of a lot of clubs um, going out of business. Um, because they 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 rely a lot on their uh, on on their gate receipts and so on, and yeah. and it's a different. And what people need to understand, and most people do, but some people might not. Uh, you've got full time clubs going down to the fifth and fifth level, fifth and sixth level of, yep. uh, in the UK, whereas in 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 Germany and 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 Spain and other other countries, that's not the case. Um, so th- I, I think that is the very very the biggest problem that football's got right now is trying to keep a lot of these clubs going because I think that, you know, there's only so much money that a, 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 a benefactor owner was going to put into the joint. Isn't That's a great example. The um, We're talking about, you know, during these COVID times and isolation, watching different documentaries and, and Sunderland Until I Die, I think has been an absolutely enthralling inside look at a club absolutely. that is that is now in that League One space. Um, and you saw what the owners went through and how much money they put into the club. Yeah, so yeah. that season being cancelled for a team as big as Sunderland, whether you like them or not, is just devastating. Well, I mean, it was a great, great documentary, don't get me wrong, but, you know, it's an absolute disaster for Sunderland that the season's been been finished, that the season's been called complete, because that that there are playoffs still going on, but Sunderland I think finished eighth. So, yeah, so by a point. Yeah, by a point. I think there was fifty nine, fifty nine, sixty, sixty, sixty. I think, and uh, so it's an absolute disaster for them. But uh, the one thing that, that they have got up in the northeast is. Uh, is 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 uh, solid support, and uh, that's not going to go. So they, you know, they they they, they they'll survive, but it's it, it was a d- disastrous end for them. Disastrous. Well, I think they lost. I think Sunderland lost that last. They definitely lost the last game. I think that if Wickham get to the playoffs with um, a game in hand and less points, um, you'd have to be sitting around in the Sunderland dressing room or even Peterborough just going, what? I mean, it, it seems to me to be – I don't understand why they're not playing the League 1 and 2. I mean, okay, the the other the, the lesser level leagues, fair enough, but 
I think that they should be playing. Why can't they play those behind closed doors? Absolutely no idea why it's not happening. But we'll, we'll, move, we'll move on to the uh, championship in the EPL. So the bottom teams um, start, well, one of the bottom teams starts tomorrow, Aston Villa at 3 a.m. our time. They do have a game in hand. So destiny is in their hands. I, I have to say, as you guys know, I am a Villa supporter. Um, they're playing Sheffield United, so it's going to be no given. Um, but if they went down, a club as big as Villa, they deserve to. Uh, they've spent as much as anyone has spent, if not the most, um, in, 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 the, uh, in the pre-season before the season started. And if it was points per game, they would have gone down already. So they must be, uh, Villa must be breathing very, I don't know, are they breathing easy or are they breathing heavy? I don't know. But teams like Villa, there's no given right anymore to stay up. None. I don't think there's enough goals in the team, uh, Paul, to be honest. And, 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 and that, when it comes down to it, you know, goals win football matches and it's, it's as simple as that. And, uh, and, and, you know, they've got a lot of quality in the side, don't get me wrong, but, you know, you, you, at, at that level, you, you can't afford you, you can't afford it. And to, talking Sheffield United, I mean, you know, Chris Wilder, absolute showing for manager of the year for me. Um, you know, he's what, what a brilliant job. Uh, uh, quick little story about Chris Wilder, actually. I, I was on my way. I went to Headingley. I was at Headingley and I had an absolute skinful uh, watching, uh, <laughs> watching Ben Stokes do his magic. Uh, what a day that was, just quietly. Um, and on the way back, walking back to Leeds, I was talking to some lads who had um, been at the game and that we got talking. Turns out one of the lads actually worked for Sheffield United. And he, was, he gave me a little bit of an insight in how he works, and 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 he's just he's just he says he'll, he'll a little bit Fergie esque in terms of he'd run through a brick wall for his players, but if anyone to, doesn't toe the line, he'd he'd string them up by the uh, by the nuts, you know. And uh, but he's really instilled that us against the world, and uh, when you've got that going, um, you know you can do anything. I tell you what, well, it's actually um, oh, sorry, oh, sorry. Sean. Oh, sorry, Paul. No, you're right, mate. I was just about to say, Sheffield United's only um, the second conceded the second most goals, and mm. if they win tomorrow morning against Villa, they actually go up into fifth. Um, so it's been an absolutely outstanding season for them. Well, there lies a story, Paul. There lies a story, because obviously Manchester City are currently going through the appeals process for the ban from Europe, European football. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, I think they've currently been banned for two years. I think it'll be half to one. Uh, but I think they're going to be they're going to be looking at a ban. So what happens is that opens up fifth spot. So fifth spot is open for grabs. So you've you potentially got you know Wolves, Sheffield United, um, as far down as Arsenal, who could sneak into fifth spot. Which if Man City, if the ban on Man City is confirmed, fifth spot is going to get a Champions League spot. So absolutely unbelievable it, story uh, it, developing. It could be a fairy tale season. And, and what a gods. fairy tale! What a fairy tale! Consider it's amazing what you can do when you've got a member of the Saudi royal family as your owner. <laughs> and you know, like it, it, no it one America, cares. Right. Don't no. don't go to any of the embassies. Whatever you do. I'm not going to say a thing there. If we do look down the bottom of the uh, the table, there between 16th West Ham United on 27 points. Um, Villa on 25 and 19. So they actually move up to uh, 16th if they do fluke a win tomorrow morning. And Norwich, well and truly in trouble on 21 points. So it's just going to be non-stop football for the next few weeks. I mean, we're virtually seeing football four or five days a week. 
um, from mm. the EPL and Championship. It's just going to be, I'm not sure where you're going to be able to turn. You're just going to be watching so much football, it's going to blow your mind, I, I think. think it's, uh, I've had, I think it's any three from seven myself. I think you can go up to, uh, you can go up to Southampton on 34 points. Um, I think any of those, any three from seven could go. I think you can go across, uh, yeah. Sean, because we've been, I think, and I, and I, and I, okay, I'm jesting there about the ownership of Sheffield United, but I can tell you as a Newcastle supporter that what's happened, the, the, the annual charade of us being for sale, but this time during the shutdown, COVID glamp down, 10 weeks of waiting for the, the perhaps approval here or there, the club's been shut down, you know what? Every other club in world football hears that they're going to have the Saudi Royal Family buy them out. They're running around outside clapping and cheering, and I think it just happens. I tell you what, John, I was thinking about that. I thought in, instead of Black Friday, it's going to be Black and White Friday, isn't it? Sale time. Sale time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, look, I don't know what you fellas think, but and I don't want to get too political here, but I am I'm, I'm in, in the whole sense of, who owns football teams, right? The the Premier League has never, as far as I've seen it, ever been concerned. And most football teams around the world, football's not a game that's got salary caps or drafts. It's based on who's got more cash. All right? Yep. And for the first time in my entire life, and I've been on the planet now for well, just on half a century, and, and our club, we've competed. Yeah, we've had some good owners, but we've not won anything. And we're actually looking at a chance to Fair's be competitive. Fair's cup, Bonnie lad. Come on, man. And you know what I'm saying. And as a Newcastle fan, I've got to say, I'm pretty angry at the Premier League. String it out. If they were going to not do it, because it's all tied in. We've got Qatari Royal Family. We've got B in sports. We've got B out of sports. B this, B that. Qatar, the World Cup. We're going, everyone knows the World Cup shouldn't be in Qatar. Well, it's an absolute joke. Okay. And um, they've got the all the issues with the who's building the stands and all the rest of it. And their point, the somebody in FIFA and UEFA and the FA got... I, for one, would like to apologise to my Qatari overlords and uh, say that that has got nothing whatsoever to do with me. I'm already on my knees, guys, <laughs> and uh, we, won't, we won't say any more about that. Um, but, John, it must, it must be a bit of a two-edged sword because... you. Newcastle being such a tra- traditional club, such a fans club like Leeds, um, to then have all this money coming in, it must be a little bit of a weird feeling because the fabric has to change. It, it cannot not change with that much money coming in. I think we might have lost John there. Hello, Johnny. Oh, uh, well, Hang on, can you hear me now? Oh, I, I believe you may have been cut off for a half a minute or so there oh, right. due to the Qatari comments. Yeah. I believe they may have cut you off. Oh, right. They flew it in from the side. Yeah, he stood on a chair with a coat hanging in his yeah. hand. So <laughs> I'll tell you this. How's this sound, right? Because I say, Sean, you've known me for a long time, so have you, Paul, right? And I'll be perfectly honest with you. If the Premier League said that we weren't going to allow this takeover to go through because of what happened to Khashoggi's wife's complaints about that, what happened there where they, they, you know, killed the guy and, you know, cut him up and all the rest of it, right? If they said that's the reason because of human rights abuses in yep. in the kingdom and all the rest of it, well, I'd say, all right, well, at least I can see what they're talking about. But if they're going to talk about piracy when everybody's illegally downloading everything around all the time, yeah, sorry, you lost me because 
I just don't. I don't get it. Well, do you feel the football overall? I mean, we love our football. We absolutely love it. But money's been an issue for so long now. Has it tainted your love of the the higher levels at all? Absolutely. And Richard Keyes has been lecturing all Newcastle fans for the last ten weeks. And once again, I don't want to speak out of turn, but I don't take um, lessons on on you know good values from him. <laughs> Thank goodness. All right, is that out there? Yeah. That, that's it then I believe you're still actually online with us which is fantastic is that well. Mr Key's legal team on the phone I'm not happy <laughs> uh, but, but I, I mean it's the same with us uh, same with us lads I mean um, obviously until we find out what league we're playing in next season we've, we've, do, we've done a deal with Adidas which is a phenomenal deal um, absolutely phenomenal deal in, uh, for about four, four or five years um, and there's talk about uh, Qatar Airways being on the shirts and a, uh, and a and a massive investment uh, coming in. So, you know, it's 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 the old story. It's the height of hypocrisy. I agree with you, John. The height of hypocrisy. If you've got the investment coming in, it's the best thing since sliced bread. If you haven't got the investment coming in, then then uh, it's an unfair playing field. You know, let's just get on with it. There's no salary caps in this in this no. game. Get on with it, and uh, you know. The clubs are getting, well, we'll see what happens after this situation, but the clubs are getting 100 mil a year, guaranteed 100 mil, and they've got parachute money, so shut the, shut the up. Yeah. Um, now, now, Sean, let's, I know you're keeping a lid on it, and, and good on you, but you're on 71 points, mate, and you're, um, you're seven clear of form in third with, what, nine games to go? Yes, yes. Um, you're going up, mate. I think, that, I, think, I think what we need to do, we need to avoid defeat against Fulham. Uh, if we avoid defeat against Fulham, I, I think personally that if we win five, win five and draw two, um, that puts us on uh, what fifteen to so eighty-eight points. Um, and if we get to eighty-eight points, uh, Fulham then need twenty-five points from the last nine games. Uh, Mate, you're going to, up. To I, I, I'm not trying to mosh you, and I'm, I'm definitely not, but you are going up. You're playing football this season. You're playing football this season. It's been it's, – it's got a system. And uh, in, in every game, you've turned out the same, mate. So I'm extremely confident well, think, and really happy for you. I think what it is, Paul, as well, uh, what people need to understand, and there was a lot of criticism last year, and, and some of it wanted. But what we need to understand is uh, Bielsa, Bielsa didn't have a full pre-season last season. No. Um, and what's happened is this year he's had a full pre-season. The players are a lot, lot fitter. They are the fittest team in the division by a country mile. Uh, you know, like in this, for, for example, in this uh, COVID lockdown, the players are being sent individual training regimes every day. Uh, they have to send the weight in on a morning. Uh, they have to wear devices that shows what they've been doing throughout the day. Um, and, um, and 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 you know that we, we we are by far the fittest team in the league. So as I said, I reckon personally, seventeen points uh, will do us. But obviously, what we want to do, we want to go up in style. We want to win the league, and we want that uh, historic trophy back uh, back in the back in the cabinet. Oh, I can't wait to see Leeds back there. I think uh, seeing those traditional clubs, the huge clubs with real support. Um, and you haven't had the money come in yet. I just, I just can't wait to see you back there. And, and if Villa go down, that's fine. Uh, you guys going up, you know, I follow Villa and I love Villa, but their style of football is so bad to watch. Well, I that, think you know, I think as well. Paul, I think as well, Paul. Coming back to what we said before about Chris Wilder, 
Chris Wilder and Sheffield United have shown that if you're organised and you're fit and you've got a little bit of quality there... And you have a Saudi owner. Then anything can happen. <laughs> yeah, but they haven't pumped loads in, John, to be fair. You know, Come on, man, I think I'm just being the, cynical. The, 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 the bought old mate McBurney from, uh, from Swansea, uh, but, but they haven't pumped a load in. But that's the thing. That's the catalyst. That's the way, to, that's the way forward. Organised, play as a team, um, keep the ball. You know, what a, what a shock that is. Keep the ball. The other team can't hurt you if you keep the ball. Yeah, I think you still need to have. I think you guys touched on it earlier. Every team's got to have at least one or two target men, and and a team like Villa, and I've spoken too much about them tonight. They don't have any target men. And Grealish, it's going to be interesting to see where he goes uh, next year. Everyone's talking Man United. I think he should aim higher. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm, everyone loves Jack Grealish as a Villa supporter. I just think he goes down too easily. I'm not going to make any jokes about that, John. I'm trying to keep this as a uh, non-explicit episode. <laughs> You're a change man, Paul. Oh my God. I know what's going on. Yeah, like, oh, well, you know what? I can't wait for Villa to get relegated and Jack Grealish is a diver. All right. No, <laughs> he's got boots on. Just to say, though, just to say, though, just about about Grealish, he's a he's, he's a top he's top shelf, and uh, and and I think that what people need to understand is he's still a relatively young man, and uh, you know everybody makes mistakes, and uh, I think he's got the potential to be genuinely world class. I do. Yeah, I think he's a high-quality player. Joking, right? I'd love to see, I'd like to see him go to Europe. I just think, I, I, I'm not joking, though, having seen every single game that the guy plays, I do think he actually goes to ground too easily, and I think that Without then question. stops the flow. Without question. Um, so he's in good positions, and if he keeps his feet, perhaps there's more goals in him, because, uh, yeah, I just think, I, I do think he goes to ground too easy. I'm sorry he, about that. He needs to learn from that, though, as he gets more experienced in the fact that, you know, he... He, he he knows how good he is, and 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 I think that I think it's all due respect to the uh, to the Villa management team, and I think it's going to take someone of high pedigree to to a la Bielsa, a la Pep, a la someone like that to sit him down and say, listen, that is not acceptable. This is what I this is what our expectations is of you as a world class footballer. Uh, this is what we expect, and I think I think that. It's going to take a big move to a big manager like Klopp or someone like that. As I said, Bielsa, Pep, over in Europe, over, over to one of the big boys, to sit him down and say, listen, this is what's expected of you. And, so and, Real Madrid or something like that? Or, or, or even, as I say, even, it, it's going to need a big manager. To, to, it's going to need a Sir Alex-esque type guy. I don't think he's to, going to get to, a look at Real, man. No, no, oh, not, at this the second stage, not at this stage, but <laughs> I think that a, a, a big character manager would do in the world of good because he'd, he'd, he'd uh, it's, as I said, he'd spell out what was expected of him. And if he didn't put, come up to the plate, then uh, the consequences would be there to be had. You know, a guy like that could go to the continent, you know, and I would think that Grealish would do well, would actually, and no one really does it, except the last person I remember was Keegan and Woodcock, but he could... He could go to Germany, and I, I think I, I, I like the um, physicality, the speed, and the skill of the Bundesliga. And, mm. and there is no diving there. You know, it's no, it's, it's, more, it's more like England than uh, Italy. Let's be honest. And yeah, it's a cultural thing. Yeah, for sure. and I'd love to see him go to a club. You know, go to someone like Schalke or someone like that. Where, you know, he's just got to play. Yep, yep. Well, let's bring football a little bit closer to home. A League. Um, is in all sorts of trouble, as we know at the moment. They've announced that they're returning in July. Why they're returning, 
that late when other codes have already come back, such as the AFL and, and Rugby League and so forth, uh, looks like Fox are going to be cancelling their side of the deal. Do you think the A-League is gone? No. I think I, I think personally what it is, man, it's a, it's a game of cat and mouse with Foxtel at the moment. Mm. And there's many, many rumours going around the traps that uh, Fox have let a load of football reports and production staff go. Uh, that That's pretty much documented. Um, and I think that they're not... I think that the main situation at the moment is Fox. Fox are holding back the next instalment of the of the money. That yeah. I think that and that's and I think p- coming back to your to your question, Paul. I think that uh, the A League would love to be playing now, but without Fox coming to the party in terms of are they going to come forward with the money or are they they're trying to? I mean, rumor rumor has it again that they're trying to they're trying to cut a deal of for substantially less. And let's not forget, Fox have just signed a deal with Rugby Australia as well. Yeah, um, absolutely. That's substantially lower money. And and isn't it incredible to think, so to me, um, you get on the front foot like Peter Volandis did with Fleek and say, well, we're going to play. Now, whether you're yep. covering it or not, someone's going to, and we're going to be out there on that day. Well, let's put it this way. Let's put it this way. There's, there's the, the, the one guy in sports administration I would not want to be just right now is Gregor Rock mm. uh, because he has got a job that no one would, no one in their right mind would want because he, he's got, you see, he's, he's holding no cards. He's got no bargaining chips. Is McLaughlin the only CEO positive... in Australia who hasn't been sacked from a major sport uh, in the last well, six months? We just lost the uh, CEO of Cricket Australia. Um, big talk that Belinda Clark could step up there. So, yeah, being a CEO of any major sporting code at the moment's uh, I think pretty hard deal. I, I think but... one, one thing we need to remember as well, guys, is that up until about a couple of weeks ago, you had a couple of hundred players who were out of contract. Out of contract for sure. And, I and, mean, I and they've he... all got mortgages. They've all got families to feed. They've all they got, do. They've all got, uh, you know, they've all got their bills to pay. And, and, and sometimes, you know, yeah, professional footballer, sometimes that people need to get back to base in terms of A-League. People need to get back to basics and say, listen, these guys train, train, the, train their backsides off, give everything they've got. And, and, and to be quite frank, they've been treated terribly, both the men and the women. Absolutely. I mean, I suppose the exciting part would be that there's going to be 28 games in 27 days. So we are from the K-League to the Bundesliga to La Liga to the EPL to the Championship to A-League, we're just going to be flooded with football like we've never known before. So who knows? Could could people get f- uh, football fatigue? Can I ask you guys what it is that if we can't get um, the A-League on the field, why we're bidding for the World Cup? Yeah, it's a very good call. Um, I, I suppose looking at the World Cup, though, you're talking about the Women's World Cup. Yeah, it's still, it's, hey, I'm being non-gender specific. No, I understand that. But uh, look, I think we've got um, so many women now going over to the big leagues in Europe and so forth. And, and I, I, I hear where you're coming from, but maybe they're looking down the path of revamping the A-League again. I still, look, you know, I, and the A-League's been great and all that, Sean uh, and Paul, but honestly, man, I, there's still a lot of things I really liked about the NSL. And yep. um, there's still some clubs there that I think could do something and um, and I think a little bit more local 
vibe would be good. But you know, the A League is the is the main is the main attraction. I just never felt the same passion for it as I did for the NSL. No, I totally understand, and it's one of the things I loved about the FFA Cup. Mm. going to grounds like Olympic, going to see strikers and so forth. And it was just as the smell of the ground was different. And, uh, you know, the the support from the local club there, you could see an Olympic or a strikers or someone coming into the A-League, but the A-League has gone down the NSL path, really, of being very uh, New South Wales and Victorian based. And they've almost followed the exact same path. I mean, we've got Western mm. United coming out of Geelong. And yeah. Do we need any more teams in Melbourne and Sydney? Tell you it what, just I, feels like the old NSL. I'll tell you what my uh, my my favourite uh, before COVID came on the scene was was how refreshing was it to go up to Redcliffe to watch the girls play? Oh, how, Dolphin how, Stadium. How beautiful was it to go to Lions Stadium to watch the girls play? And um, and it's and it's I, I think personally I think that Foxtel need to get sort their act out and work out what they want to do. And either way, either way, sort it out. If they want to walk away from it, please tell us now. If, yeah, if, I think they'll end up on, a, I think it'll end up on Optus. I think they're set know, up perfectly please, to take Please on. tell us now. But I think that, I think that one thing that we need to learn from these times is that suburban grounds are the go. Ah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's the contracts that were signed, um, you know, being at yeah, Suncorp yeah, where yeah. we believe... At one stage, I think um, 15, Brisbane Raw needed to get 15,000. Yeah, 15, yeah, they need to break even. even. And yet they play at Dolphin Stadium, what, eleven to 12,000 there potentially now? With a cracking um, atmosphere. Unbelievable atmosphere. And if they can get to that kind of level and go, right, let's set our targets here. Let's get a couple more clubs playing at these size grounds in Queensland. Queensland football in the A-League will flourish. But right now, and I'm... A, like you guys, I'm a massive Raw fan, but I'm losing interest. I mean, well, as I said, mate, as I said earlier, I think what needs to what needs to be front and centre here are the players, and and yep. and 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 the players have been treated terribly. They've been virtually hung out to dry. They've they've done a pay deal. They've given them three months three months uh, extension on contracts. So basically, it's like yeah, yeah, you you'll get some money for three months. Yeah, that's going to really be really conducive to. Uh, to, to, to good mental health in it when you've got a young family. Hmm. Eh? Well, if Foxtel's not interested, I've got pretty good contacts and um, we can do an illegal stream via Saudi Arabia of the <laughs> of the yeah. of the Raw versus Adelaide United <laughs> match. I thought you were doing. Uh, I thought you were going to get Qatar TV uh, national TV. I'm not paying for that. Okay, okay, I can understand that. <laughs> That'll be an interesting derby when uh, interesting game when uh, when Leeds play Newcastle in the EPL. Well, not if we've still we've, got Mike Ashley in charge. We'd not be there. No, we've got the Qatari money. You've got the, you've got <laughs> we've got the nothing. Money. We've got Sports Look Direct. Out, yeah. Look out. You know, one of the things, and we never touched on it, um, Newcastle fans, and, and I mean, I love the te- I love the north of England. I'm, I love the northeast. I love the team. Mike Ashley is the only is the only club owner who hasn't paid the season ticket holders back their money from the shutdown. No comment, mate. I think there's a whole list of stuff that Mike Ashley could have done a lot better. But um, once again, he's a rich and powerful man, and well, I'm still on my knees. I find that the uh, I find that the uh, searching of staff on their way out from work uh, at the mega warehouse in Derby is a really, really nice touch, <laughs> and, uh, and it really sort of sets the agenda for a really harmonious workplace. Hey, Kenny lad. 
All right. I've got it. Guys, we're going to wrap up tonight's episode. Uh, We're going to be on regularly. We we only pod when we're winning. Do we need to mention uh, Liverpool and the title coming up? I think we, I think we have to. I mean, twenty-five points clear. Um, how do you feel about them winning the title without? Do you think they're going to be able to keep fans away from Anfield? Well, if they don't, they're going to make them play to neutral ground. Uh, and so you wouldn't want if, to mess it up. I don't know if you heard, gentlemen, but um, overnight Jurgen Klopp's come out with a with a speech that would make a glass eye tear up. Um, and no, I didn't hear it. It's worth having a look online if if, uh, if you're listening. Have we'll, a look um, online. We'll add it. We'll add it to this podcast. Basically, we'll podcast. basically, he's come out and said he says, "Listen, we're we're all one together here. Let's let's get this job done, and then when things settle down, we're going to have the biggest celebration you've ever seen on this planet." And yeah. then, uh, it, 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 it's worth having a listen to out there in podcast land, and uh, because he's one. Quality human being is Jurgen Klopp. That's yeah, and sure. I think we we have to be realistic. And I was having a lot of fun with the fact that the shutdown was going. Liverpool couldn't get over the line. But um, if ever a club deserves to win the title, uh, the season that they've had, um, it's Liverpool. And I hope it's done soon. So in case anything disastrous happens in England again, like another second wave that should come and bring it upon the good people of our beloved home country, Sean. Um, I hope that the title's won and done and we don't have to talk about it anymore. One word answer, guys, uh, in this regard. Is this the greatest one-season Premier League team ever? One word answer. No. Yes. Sean? Yes. Yes? I'm going to go yes as well. We've been... 